So hello and welcome to the New Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hodgson, and today I'm delighted to be joined by personal trainer, health and lifestyle coach, as well as entrepreneur, Declan Trainer. How are you doing, Declan? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks a million for having me on the podcast. Absolutely delighted to be chatting to you, having followed all the great work you do on LinkedIn. So I'm chuffed to, to have been asked to come on. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, and we speak a lot on these podcasts about sort of the new focus of work and digitalization, but mental and physical health are often uh, uh, you know, forgotten, a vital part of life. But as the world of work changes, uh, how we live and doing it properly sometimes, forget, sometimes gets forgotten. So Declan, could you give us a little bit of your background, how you got into this sector, but also uh, say a little word, word, word about the sort of the world of work, how it's changing and what we need to be thinking about? Mm, for sure. So just a little bit about my own background and, and how I ended up in this. So I, I'm from Ireland and grew up playing Gaelic football. Mm. Um, so our national sport and was was big into that and got to a good level in that. And what I noticed having grown up in that environment, um, which could be at times quite quite masculine. And, you know, there's this yeah. kind of stoic mentality of really trying not to show weakness was that at times you'd see a lot of people in great physical shape, um, but, you know, maybe mentally or emotionally, they weren't as balanced on that. So for me, I realized from a quite a young age that like health isn't about being really great in one area, like having the perfect body yeah. um, because yeah. you're going to be struggling in terms of this overall holistic um, yeah. approach. Yeah. And that, that's really where my, my whole mantra for my company bore kind of came out of that was unlock your potential through mind, body, and soul and, yeah. and trying to yeah. find that balance. And I think it's really important to say here that for me, that balance isn't about perfection. Um, because perfection and, and a, a desire for perfection, which will never arrive, can lead to burnout. So yeah. it's just yeah. literally taking pleasure and making efforts at those different areas of life. And yeah. having actually worked in a consultancy um, as when I came out of uh, college, I, I, I saw a lot of things from a cultural standpoint that I actually thought could be done better. And I also saw... Something that I, I believe in fully is that that health and work are not mutually exclusive, that they're actually right. mutually beneficial. So this idea of uh, task reorientation, so the ability to actually step away from a task and not feeling like I always have to do something to completion can benefit the overall quality of the task as well as your health and well-being because you were able to take that five-minute break and maybe do a stretch or go for a little walk and come back with a fresh set of eyes and, and benefit from this, what we call task reorientation. Um, and so there's loads of, there's, there's loads of different things we all know. And I, I won't uh, bore listeners with, let's say in the science of, of what exercise does for your body. Cause we all know that those, those healthy endorphins get engaged through exercise. And, and when we can tie this into our week and I don't mean every day, but like that can, bring your best self to work. You're going to look fresher. You're going to feel fresher. And, and these things all tie in. So I think that's my biggest goal is just to, to have people realize that health and work aren't mutually exclusive. It's part of the one picture and, and uh, you know, trying to bring uh, your, your best self to, 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 to work through looking after your health, wellness, and personal productivity. Mm. Well, I think great advice there. Declan. And, and one of the things I think that, you know, given the pandemic we've been going through for the past 18 months or so, 
Um, more people are working from home, they're working remotely, they're not having sort of the office life. How can people be making sure they're doing all the things that you say now in this kind of remote working uh, uh, situation? Does it make it harder or what do people need to think about? Yeah, so I loved that question when you were sending these through to me in advance. Um, so I, I did a little, I jotted some things down. So forgive me if I'm, I'm looking down to my pad, but there's a couple of little ones I want to make sure to mention. Yeah. Um, so for me, the first thing to mention around technology is, and we've seen, we've all seen the good and the bad of, 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 um, of technology in terms of sometimes the pressure that social media can take to people's life. It's just a highlight reel. And I think that's a really important thing to remember, even on LinkedIn, we're very rarely seeing the struggles of people. So just as long as we know that we're, we're using it as a means of communicating a positive message, great. But that remember to take what you see on LinkedIn as a pinch of salt and, yeah. and yeah. not comparing ourselves or feeling behind because people will post their success stories. So just taking social media with a pinch of salt, but good or bad technology is it's simply a means of communication. And I think Zoom has Zoom or other, you know, Microsoft Teams, whatever the, the medium was, it did do a great job in helping us to stay connected yeah. throughout yeah. COVID. And now we're coming to this transition period. Now, the one thing that's really important to mention around this, and this is true, uh, this is going to be true post-COVID as well, is the addictive nature of technology and the fact that we have notifications coming in on our phones and how do we manage that? Because a big part of, of work-life balance is distraction freedom. So if you have pings on your phone, the science and, and how the brain works is we get a pleasurable squirt of dopamine every time that we react to our phones and we click into those notifications. <laughs> so the bottom line is the more we do it, the more addictive it becomes and there's this distraction loop there. So I think it's very important to, um, to manage that as best we can, to realize we can't concentrate on two things at once. So even on Zoom, you might've found this yourself during meetings, that actually the chat function can become quite distracting sometimes when somebody's yep. doing a presentation and there's all these comments coming in, it's quite difficult to concentrate on two things at once. Mm. Um, so I, I would suggest that people just become aware of, you know, particularly now that we are, uh, we're fully engaged, um, particularly when we're working at home, we're potentially on Zoom a lot. It can be a good idea to set yourself some watershed moments in your day mm. whereby, mm you know, I'm going to turn, I'm going to switch off from technology at a certain point in the evening. I know particularly parents, it might be beneficial for them to have the flexibility whereby they can go back on maybe seven, eight in the evening because they wanted to get the kids to and from school, etc. So, but, but do try and manage it in such a way that you do get um, a little break at different stages of your day um, from technology. The other thing I would say is don't let it substitute real engagement. Yeah. So, yeah you know, where possible, pick up the phone. Like we've probably all been in the situation where we could have picked up the phone and resolved something in five minutes, whereas it, we let it linger through an email thread for the full day, right? And I think that's, that is so important, whether you're in the office. If it's in the office, it's popping your head into somebody's office, knocking on the door. Um, or now if you're keeping a hybrid model going or you're going to stay working from home, it's, you know, maybe picking up the phone and just grabbing somebody for two to five minutes. And I think that can help with actually building up your own confidence in, in the sense of public speaking as well. And, right. you know, there's this fear of almost rejection or that you're bothering people, whereas you've got to think about how you welcome people on the phone. Do you actually react like that? And the answer is, you know, 
not not really so we've got to test our maybe our own sort of thoughts around that and put ourselves out there a bit more and um, so it, I would just try I would try and just urge people to try and find a balance with that and also for newcomers in this hybrid work model they don't have they may not have the ability to pop around the office and get these sort of introductory coffee so just in terms of a bit of empathy when we see these newcomers arrive to the office maybe look to to line up a little zoom introductory meeting with them and make them feel welcome i think is an, an important one so they were just a couple that i jotted down on yeah. the technology side yeah absolutely and you know i think also the fact is that sort of people are uh, working in different ways uh, and forced to take more responsibility for their own uh, physical health as well. So you talked about there, uh, you know, going for a walk, doing some stretching, just basically making the time because it's very easy to uh, choose something else and say, oh, I don't have time. But of course, you know, there's 24 hours in a day and you can always fit things in if you want to. So it's kind of like a, I guess, a mental piece as well to make sure that you're uh, doing these things. Uh, and as you were saying before, Declan, you know, the, 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 the medical evidence is there that you're always going to feel better and the benefits uh, uh, mm. will speak for themselves. Yeah, I, lo I love that. So, so what you've mentioned there is, is time, time management. Now, so what I'm going to urge listeners to do is the number one BS excuse that I've heard as, as being a personal trainer for many years about why people don't exercise. You might have just guessed it based on what you said, Glenn, was I do, but I don't have enough time. And you said it, we've all got the same 24 hours in the day. And if you can't make 10 to 15 minutes for a little bit of stretching or even three minutes to get up from your desk at some point and yeah. stretch, you know, uh, that, that is a BS excuse because we, we, we all can and create that time. So one thing I would say is please don't like, if you're going to take anything from, from the chat today, don't say, I don't have the time say I'm choosing not to make the time. And that might sound harsh, but that's taking personal ownership because where we put our time is a choice. Um, and I think that's, Thing. and also when we can flip the switch on exercise and change it from i should work out this evening to i could work out this evening i could is actually a better one because that can that helps us acknowledge that we're choosing to do exercise like this is something that we're choosing to do for our bodies to treat ourselves and exercise doesn't have to be an absolute wipeout um killer workout at the gym for some people it is doing a yoga routine for other people it's doing zumba i just urge people to move in a way that they find fun and like you know the benefits just pay themselves back no end and i do want to mention just a few stats on that glenn just in terms Please of the workplace so uh, the average worker is now sitting on average 9.3 hours a day so if you know if we're going to be doing that, I would just say a little, very, very simple suggestion in terms of getting set up from an ergonomic standpoint is, and you can test this yourself. You can literally sit on your hands and feel your sit bones. Yeah. And then when you feel those sit bones, just slide your hands out from underneath and you'll notice that already by sitting on your sit bones, your posture is going to improve. So that's, that's one little hack. So if we're going to be sitting on average nine hours a day, let's try get that right. Um, the other one that you mentioned in terms of these building it in to your, your day is what I call the healthy habit loop. So this is, and this is the last point I'll mention on this, but it's the three R's. So it's reminder, routine, reward. So a little calendar reminder, maybe at 11 and three o'clock, let's say, 
Uh, because there are two typical times people talk about this little slump in energy. A routine then could be a very simple stretch routine. Um, I'd be happy to share a YouTube link uh, with you, Glenn, if, if you could share it maybe in the show Please notes. Just um, so having some sort of movement routine. And then the reward is, you know, you, your body feels better. You might feel more energetic on, on your return to work. And actually, one last thing that's just coming to mind is sedentaryism is the new smoking in my opinion and it's defined as 5,000 steps or less per day and right. uh, linked with 35 chronic health conditions so one thing I would say to people is try and ensure you're getting above that 5,000 threshold and even a little effort goes a long way so if you can get out for 75 minutes of brisk walking in a week compared to that sedentary state you're already going to really improve uh, decreasing those those health risk factors I mentioned from being uh, leading a sedentary lifestyle. Wow, these are fantastic tips, Declan. Really good, and not and just things that you can actually take away, implement immediately. It doesn't need a great deal behind it. It's just sort of the the, the small steps, as you say, and like everything in life, the small steps take you to larger steps, and that's how you sort of get the get the big journeys. It's not doing yeah. the the massive things. And I think you're right. And I think people in life tend to underestimate the small things and overestimate the big things. And I think that mm -hmm. just those changes like that, absolutely essential to be able to make the developments. And at the end of the day, we've only got one body. Uh, we might as well look after it and, uh, and do the best we can with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The vehicle... Uh, you know, the vehicle through which we're going to experience the moments of our life. And, and again, it's not perfection. It's not about never eating takeaway or having a few pints with your mates. It's right. just about this, this balance, right? Because again, for some people having a few pints is, is good. It's a social thing. It helps them relax. Again, for other people, they choose that that's not good for them. They mightn't like alcohol. They mightn't like that. So they then go for a different approach where they might drink non-alcoholic beers they like to have something lined up early the next day. Whatever your lifestyle is, there's, there's no right or wrong with this. I think it's all about just that balance that you mentioned. Um, and I think one thing that people can definitely do as well with this new, this hybrid kind of work style is always try and create a bit of psychological distance when you finish work. So have, for me, it used to be to come, come home and put on a comfy pair of tracky bottoms and a hoodie. <laughs> So I could feel like, okay, that's that's my part of that part of my day is kind of closed off now. For other people, it might be coming in, giving their kids a hug, some sort of ritual that just is like creates a bit of psychological distance from from work. And the other one that's been massive, Glenn, just during this period of COVID has been sleep. So sleep is being mentioned sort of yeah. everywhere at the minute. Um for me. Exercise and nutrition are the ones that people reach for first, but I would say for sure that sleep is is a forgotten pillar that's coming to the fore more now with the stress levels people have encountered over the last year. And um, it's so much easier for, for the little things to, to gnaw at you more when you haven't slept well for, for a period of time. So I would say it's definitely worthwhile spending a little bit of time around your, your sleep. And I, I'm talking about not just longevity of sleep, but quality of sleep. So looking after your sleep cave, is it quiet? Is it a reasonable temperature? Because it's, and again, this is the one thing I'd say about alcohol consumption is one or two glasses is fine. But if we're having that sort of sleep induced, uh, that alcohol induced sleep, that quality is going to be nowhere near as good if we're kind of looking after that 
the body and keeping hydrated and things as well. So getting plenty of water into. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that these things are absolutely vital. I think they always were, but I think now that the world of work is changing, the, 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 the hybrid models that you're talking about there are becoming more common. Uh, mm. And the fact that people need to take responsibility for these things, no one's going to tell them what to, what to do necessarily, unless they find uh, a, a trainer, and a coach like yourself, Declan, to be able to put these things right and uh, put them on the right track in terms of the steps that they need to take and the commitment, uh, the dedication and the kind of the ritual side of things, I think is absolutely crucial so that they put themselves on a better track now and also into the future. Mm. Mm. And, and what's great is that some workplaces are now investing in this and, and are so they're getting people like me in to do maybe a series of talks or getting what I call someone like me in to do performance surgery. Sounds scary, but uh, for me, it's actually more of a health and wellness deep dive. That's probably a softer way of putting it, but it's like I would sit down with, with Glenn and I'd chat about you and I'd say, how are your energy levels, your positivity levels? Not a, not a psychology session, more of a general wellness check-in. And yes, we can talk a little bit about mindset, but again, when it comes to mental health that that might be more it's more just talking about optimal mindset how are you doing how are those exercise levels energy levels and having a half an hour chat around that so i've done that that went you know was something that went reasonably well with a company there during lockdown was having these individual check-ins and then a little follow-up email with individuals so there's always the option of of group presentations individual deep dives with with people um I think one thing I'd mention about a couple of things just on the changing nature of work and because I know you wanted me to, to refer to that was obviously that's changed dramatically now and there'll be no fully turning back because work has changed so much in the in the last year, everyone being forced to go online. Um, so it, it has been changed out of all recognition in the last year. We have, to, we have to live with that because it's not going backwards, sometimes from the company standpoint, because they've now realized what they can save in terms of rental and office space yeah. in some scenarios. And then from the worker standpoint, because from a health, wellness and personal productivity standpoint, a lot of workers have found that they've actually benefited from this working from home arrangement, often saving hours on their commute. Think of what that's doing to people from a health and wellness standpoint. So I would say companies, there needs to definitely be this element of empathy when it comes to negotiating a return to work, realizing, you know, how people have benefited from this and, and trying to find that solution um, in terms of a, a sort of a win-win situation when they return to work to keep getting the best out of them. Um, the influence, and that, that's my next point, is in negotiating working conditions, has swayed dramatically to the employee because if they can improve, if they can prove working from home is viable um, and that they remain to be a strong and proven member of the team, then there is going to be more and more requests for this, this uh, hybrid model. Um, again, it would have been considered maybe suspicious in the past and there would have had to be these big levels of trust between employer and employee. So I think that's something that, um, you know, that that level of trust needs to be thought about. And then the last two little points I'd make here is um, I would say the, the employee needs to work a way forward where tech is beneficial and not harmful. So again, that, that idea of managing your notifications, managing those sort of um, those watershed hours. And then the last one is just, I think what's really important is the mental health resources for this transition 
back to work. Like many people suffered from the transition initially to working maybe a lot on their own. Um, and I, I certainly I had my challenges with that as someone who works um, as an entrepreneur um, so that we all we all had different challenges. Some people were living alone in the last year. Some people were finding it quite intense living with people and finding that that space. So I think definitely, um, you know, maybe some mental health resources to or optimal mindset workshops for people on the return, but more on the empathy piece, little check ins with your team. Talk to them about their unique situation, make them feel listened to and, and try and manage it that way coming forward, because that way you're going to get the best out of them. You're going to get the best out of your team and you're going to be, build the kind of culture that you want to be a part of. So that's just a couple of, of little points, I think, around managing the transition back. Absolutely. Well, fantastic advice there, Declan. And really appreciate your time today uh, i will include a link in the description to the uh, uh, to, to to the clips you were talking about i will also include your details so people know where to find you so for today thank you very much indeed for your time it's been a pleasure speaking to you and thanks for the advice for sure glenn really appreciate it and uh, let, i'm sure we'll be keeping in touch